On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got a chance to chat with Yulia Blanova from Zignify Product Sourcing. We talked all things product sourcing. She came with her A-game today, guys. We talked about uh, some really cool tips and tricks that she's learned um, from building her company from you know her uh, all the way to 50 uh, employees all doing product sourcing and getting the best possible deals. We talked about a bunch of really practical, tactical ways to be able to just get a little bit of money off of what you are paying. Uh, you you guys are not going to want to miss this one. Hey guys, if you're looking to scale your e-commerce brand, you need tips and strategies from people who have actually done it. Stop reading those newsletters written by marketers who have only ever spent founders hard earned money and start reading from the perspective of seven and eight figure founders. That's why we're launching the secrets to scaling newsletter to give you real actionable advice from founders with firsthand experience, get the latest strategies from ad campaigns, budgeting, wholesale partnerships, and so much more sign up for our beta for free at secrets.upgrowthcommerce.com. Hey guys, are you struggling to create offers that actually convert? Look no further than our must-have brand new course called Million Dollar Offers. With just a few short videos, you're going to learn the seven essential elements of a million dollar offer and how to leverage the power of AI and chat GPT to iterate on your headlines and your prompts. The great news is that this course is actually completely free. So Google Upgrowth Academy, that's Upgrowth Academy and look for the course called Million Dollar Offers. You guys will not regret this one. Now on to today's episode. Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today I'm joined by Yulia Blanova from Zignify Product Sourcing. Yulia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to talking about this because I actually think that there's a massive amount of pain that people have right now around product sourcing. I've talked to a lot of people recently uh, who, you know, told me just horrific stories about um, their issues, especially with China. And, you know, I'm not a big China hater or anything like that, but there there has been, uh, you know, a friend of mine, it was a $30 million problem uh, that he had recently uh, with one shipment or not one shipment, obviously with 30 million, but uh, with multiple shipments. And and so this is a this is a bleeding neck issue for a lot of people. So before we get started, uh, Yulia, tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, yeah, sure thing. So I've been working in product sourcing, supply chain and everything that relates to that for the last 18 years. I spent nine years in China, actually living there. Then it was Singapore. And currently for the last five or six years, I'm based in uh, Germany. However, uh, most of the time we're on a, okay. on business trips. So my husband, all of a sudden, for example, today flew to Los Angeles. He's on the way right now. And we just bought the tickets yesterday yeah. to attend some events in, uh, in, in LA. Um, yeah. So I've been working in this business for quite some time. Um, I worked for competitors of Alibaba. I actually had a job offer from Alibaba, but I was moving away from China. I do consulting for big, okay. uh, you know, companies like BCG and the rest of them. And um, a few years back, when right when Corona hit, actually one month before that, I quit my last corporate job uh, in Germany. I was a managing director for a unicorn startup here. And um, I decided to do some rest and meditation and yoga that all went to hell because uh, Corona started... It sounds like a great idea, though. I love the idea. Yeah, it it was. It, it I knew it's not gonna work. I knew something is gonna come up because I'm not the person. I'm not the type of person to sit on my tushi for 
it's not for me basically uh corona started <laughs> a lot of my old customers started reaching out and panicking because they knew i'm located in europe right now and i've been dealing you know with manufacturers on and off just you know helping out some people and all of their factories pretty much closed down and it wasn't only china it was some other countries as well like wow. vietnam state the, the factories stayed closed even longer and that's how zignified global that's product right. sourcing started um so and in the last few years, from the moment I started to the moment where, where we are right now, we grew the company to, we're almost 50 people, five zero. Uh, it's actually wow. all women, wow. except my poor husband. He's the only guy. Um, yeah. In, international. Women. 49 women and one, and one guy. Yeah, That's a, uh, yeah. there's a bit of a, a flip, hey? Yeah. We, we tried to hire other guys as well. And I keep telling people, no, we're not discriminating or anything like this. We went through six men, men, guys, whatever. Um, the fastest one, <laughs> uh, had 15 years of experience in product sourcing. He from, was from Kazakhstan, uh, you know, so all of those ex USSR tougher kind of guy, he ran off in three hours. He said, uh, this is too fast paced <laughs> for me and, uh, too stressful. I'm like, why? I, I why? All but, right. yeah. but Hey, better to know that it's not a fit. Yeah, better to know it's not a fit right away like yeah. that anyways. So, Yulia, let's 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 talk problems. What what are people facing right now when it comes to um supply chain? You know, we're recording this uh, kind of mid-April of 2023. What are what are people facing when it comes to their supply chain and and what should people be worried about right now? Um a lot of people are worried about the safety of their supply chain. So, basically, um when we're specifically talking about China, Right. And any other country that has uh, some certain political geopolitical situation on their hands. Um, this is the biggest problem yeah. because there is a huge uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if the uh, prime minister from Taiwan is actually going to land in U.S. because uh, the Chinese government said, don't you dare to land in U.S. or we're going to, you know, go Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, that kind of thing. So this is a big problem. Yeah, yeah. And um, some people are saying that it's a little bit exaggerated and others are not thinking about it at all. In my opinion, land somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's not even about only China. It's about having a good sense of having a backup plan. A plan A is good. Plan B yeah. is great. Plan C, etc., etc. The more you have, the better. I mean, you know, I live in Germany. People here here have insurance for their insurance for their insurance. <laughs> that's such a German. That's such a German I thing. Know. You know, I've half my my in laws and my family are German, and and that's such a yeah 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 of course. So this is to me. This is a, <laughs> and then they've got a group policy to cover all yeah, those. Yeah, <laughs> to, to cover everything. And you may see to me this is one extreme. <laughs> then I talk to some other people saying, oh, you know, China, nothing's gonna happen. You know, Corona was there, and we've managed. And now you know war. What war? What are you talking about? I'm still buying stuff from Russia. I'm like, oh my god, um, you know, and things like this. <laughs> You need to, this is, this is a yeah. big issue. And the prices for shipping are quite at a low level in comparison to a few years ago, right? When a year ago, uh, to, to oh, ship it's, it's incredible how, how it's come back. I eh? know. We never thought we like, did anyone ever think that they were going to come back down that far? Not that far. No, um, I didn't. I talked, I know a guy. So, um, 
again, we lived in Singapore for quite some time. And I know a guy there, his family business is shipping. They literally own ships, right? Like 50 of them, like those huge cars. That's oh, yeah, wow. a lot of money. Let's put it this way. And yeah. um, when the prices were at yeah. the peak, like 17, 18, $19,000 for a 40 high cube container from uh, China to US, I was talking to him and he's like, this is still going to stay on for at least a year. And he was kind of right in that. And I was asking, where do you think the prices are going to drop down to? And he was saying, maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven grand. But no one was thinking it's going to go down to like 1K, 112 for a 40 high cube container. It's insane. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. We 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 source uh, in 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 the companies that we own. We source uh, you know quite a bit uh, from China, and we have just been so pleasantly surprised at what is going on with uh, with shipping rates because it makes a massive difference, right? When you're bringing stuff over like that, one thousand to twenty thousand. That was a that was a very large amount of cost of goods that was suddenly just added onto everything, and and you and, and again. No wonder inflation happened with, I mean, there was a billion factors, but, but I, I truly believe that that was one big factor. So, yeah. so this is a, a big problem right now and people should be looking at it. Um, I mean, in, in our country. So what's the plan? Hybrid, go hybrid. Well, <laughs> you know, sure. Talk and, and like, like let's, let's walk through that. So this podcasting, you know, you know, I talked about this before. We really try to be tactical, practical, right? I, I want to know what can I do so I can sleep at night and not think about, oh my gosh, you know, is if, if, you know, suddenly China goes to war with Taiwan, what am I going to do? I've, it's my only factories that I've got there. Yeah, what, what do I do I mean, to, what does a hybrid model look like? So um, first things, it should be a, a normal plan, a normal kind of way of doing business, even if there is no war or potential for war or any geopolitical situation, this should be your plan B, right? You should have a potential okay. factory somewhere outside of the country where you were originally produced. You should have samples prepared. If you can go for a visit, go for a visit, prices, all of those things. So that's the point, right? Yeah. So this is normal. Yeah. And in a times like this, this is a must. How do you manage between those factories? You can still order bulk of your products from the original factory, let's say in China, let's say 70%. And 30%, you can outsource it to a factory, to a different factory that you located, that is located outside of China. And you can mix and match. Especially this is good if you're selling on different markets. Let's say you are, mm. you're selling through Shopify or you're selling on Amazon. But for example, you're selling some goods in US and you're selling in Europe. European stock, 30%, for example, you can send it there from the outside factory. And the 70%, you can send it from China to US. Not a problem because that's probably okay. where the bulk yeah. of your orders are coming from anyhow. So this is a very good thing to yes. do. That's what we're doing with tons of our customers gotcha. right now. Now, I, I've got a question to, to go in there. Are you ending up because, so say you move 30% of your, your manufacturing somewhere else. Obviously, there's MOQs and all of these things that we need to think about. Does that does that hurt when it comes to cost of goods? Or are these factories willing to play ball and, and know that, hey, you're going to be our number one backup factory, but the, this is the pricing we need? I'm going to say something that I hate when people say, it depends. 
you know, <laughs> it depends a lot on so many different factors. But I can tell you that currently the work that we have been doing and where we are trying to do hybrid models for our customers, this has been working well. So yeah. um, and it, okay. it works well because it depends on which countries we're going to. We're not necessarily going to extremely developed countries where the cost of labor is high. We can also be going to countries like Indonesia, Vietnam, Malaysia, Pakistan. It doesn't need to be far away from China in the first place, right? So when we're thinking about we'll go outside of gotcha. China. So it depends on, on what your products are. And this is where one of the main points come from. Come, yeah, comes from when it comes to actual sourcing. So a lot of people are asking us, so where can I go with my product? And you don't even need to, yeah. I mean, we are professionals. Again, we've been in this industry for, for many years. We know which country produces what. But humans, people who are listening, use your logic. Google. Google. It's, it's, it's as easy as this. Um, and, and one of the bigger tips. It's that easy. Just Google. No, it's not that easy, but it gives you an idea of how hard or easy it is going to be for you to actually source that product outside of China. China is very easy yeah, yeah. because the government has established the policies and the development of the country in the way that everyone profits and benefits only when all of the factories are working together. They're communicating, they're partnering up, they know what comes from where, the roads have been built. Other countries do not have that. And other countries, especially the developed ones gotcha. in, in US, you have, you know, US, Canada, European countries, they're not as hungry. And they're not as, oh, I want to buy a new Louis Vuitton bag or Hermes belt or something like this. The Chinese want this. So they work their asses off in order to get there, right? So they work, work, work. So when you're looking at sourcing for outside of China, one of the things that you actually need to do is not source by product. Sourcing by product outside of China is close to useless. You need to first look Explain that. I, you need to source yeah, the material. Yeah, I, I know you're going to dig into it, but I'm, I'm actually so interested. I'm like, tell me why. Of course, no, you got to source by product. What are you talking about, no. Yulia? I mean, look, sometimes you will be able to, let's say um, I have a glass, right? An Ikea glass or something like this, something where you drink water from. Sure. So um, if you're yeah. going to start searching for products, you will find some. Uh, there is tons of glass manufacturing industry that are located in U.S., in Italy, Germany, Poland, uh, Austria, etc., etc., right? India as well. So okay. you can potentially, sure. such an easy product, you will find manufacturers by kind of saying um, glass, uh, uh, sorry, glass products manufacturers India, you will find a few. But if your products are more complicated, it will be harder for you to find them. For example, wooden furniture. Mm. It is unlikely that you will find wooden furniture by saying like wooden chair. It is more likely that you will find it wood. Where is wood produced, right? So the first thing we go on Google and say, top manufacturers of wooden products in the world, right? That's the first thing. Okay. You take top okay. three, you take top five. Uh, you can also look top um, exporters of wooden products in the world, right? Because the country that exports it obviously okay. also manufactures it. The next step is we actually yeah. start to look for the manufacturer. Let's say we went with um, India, right? So uh, wood 
manufacturing yeah. uh, factories or something like this, or wood manufacturers, uh, India, wooden chairs manufacturers, India. You don't just go for chairs. You don't just go for tables. You need to be more precise. And on a yeah. lot of occasions, you won't even go for a word like chair or a table. You will say furniture in general. And then the okay. craziness starts. Why? Because... It's not Alibaba, as all of us know, going or 1688, right? Like in China, you go and you find the exact product for private label or, or whatnot because it has been originally produced totally. in there. In India it's a, or other countries, it's a completely different story. You need to choose and pick and you need to go through a lot of manufacturers. I, I'll ask you a question. So when you're doing sourcing, let's say you have a new, sure. you have a new product. Let's say you have a, um, what is it? The, uh, a, a chopstick, it's called in US, right? A lip balm or something like this. Or chap, chapstick. Chapstick or a lip balm. And yeah. you go and you yeah, like yeah. to manufacture yeah. this in China. How many, many, how many factories do you uh, contact on average to find that perfect right supplier for yourself? How many would I I contact? Yeah, how many would you contact? Oh, <laughs> guys, I'm I'm horribly bad at this kind of stuff. I would probably only contact five. Okay, that'd be about as much time as I as I personally would even have time for to to worry about. Okay, you know what do you? So you're you directly admit that the number that you're saying is low, right? So what do you think that the right number is, which is not five? How many? How many should yeah. you? I. I can imagine. I mean, so so in statistics, right? Generally, you want to have at least a hundred to to go off of, right? A uh, hundred, and you can get a decent idea of like a, a decent little sample size. I don't know if that that might actually be too insane. Yeah, that's too insane um, for this. I'm guessing around twenty. Thirty. We contact on average is, is around twenty, maybe the magic number. Uh, in for us, when we're doing the work uh, on average for one product, we contact around about thirty manufacturers. That's for China specifically. The number when we're doing okay. when we're doing sourcing outside of China, and your listeners can go by this, right? Because this gives you a good idea of what the hell is happening on the market and what you can get out of that market. When we're doing sourcing outside of okay. China, the the normal number is sixty, so it's double, right? Because we need to understand that when you're doing sourcing outside of China, the, 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 the ball game is absolutely different. No one is going to respond to you within five minutes. Uh, no one is going to respond to your emails, respond to your phone calls or anything like this. On average for us to get one yeah. price on like, like on average takes about three emails and four phone calls from one to one factory. Right. So this is something people wow. should wow. consider. And this is why I am really yeah. recommending people to go and uh, start the hybrid model now because there's higher barrier to entry. So, so I understand. I mean, that, that sounds like an absolute headache. A lot of people who listen to this, you know, even if they're mid seven figures, they maybe have a team of three or four people, right? Like it's not, these aren't massive companies. I mean, there are some that listen to this, you know, who have 50 to hundred employees and, and they'd be able to do that. Why would somebody work with a company like yours? What, what what sort of like ways are they actually going to be able to get around all of this time and effort and energy and actually being able to source the right products or, or sorry, source the right factories? Let's take a quick break. 
Hey guys, just a quick note from me. You know, if the beginning of this year has been absolutely brutal for ads, you are not alone. There's a lot of people out there that are absolutely struggling. Now, we have not been seeing nearly the carnage that a lot of you out there have been seeing at AppGrowth Commerce. And so I put together this master document. It took me hours upon hours to put together for you guys. And I want to give it to you guys for absolutely free. And so this walks through the three big fixes that we're seeing to fix your Facebook ad account. In 2024. And I really do think that this is the way, again, we're not seeing those issues barely at all in any of the accounts. And we handle a lot of accounts between the brands that I own, between everyone else that we work with at AppGrowth Commerce. We're just not seeing those same issues that a lot of people are seeing. And so I've identified these three huge buckets and I've got a master document that walks through all of that. So if you guys want to go to www.appgrowthcommerce.com slash ad problems. That's upgrowthcommerce.com slash ad problems and download the resource from there. I think that you guys are going to get a ton from this document and hopefully be able to turn your ad account around. Now, remember, if this is not an issue for you, that's totally okay. (laughs) But if you are having issues with your ad account in 2024, I highly recommend going and downloading that resource again, upgrowthcommerce.com slash ad problems. Now back to today's episode. Well, look, um, I have experience and expertise specifically in product sourcing. Every person who works in our company has experience specifically in product sourcing, uh, category management, supply chain, okay. et cetera, et cetera. If you take all of our 50 people and take all of our years of experience, I think all in all, we have like four or 500 years of experience in different industries, anywhere from military to, um, I don't know, to airlines to support in terms of crisis etc etc and normal product sourcing i hire people so in our company we also hire people or other service companies who can help out who are experienced um, and uh, have the expertise there is always a trade-off you can always do everything yourself and build things within your company on your own if you want to do this because you yeah. want to have that certain level of control for whatever reasons, then that's up to you. For me personally, for certain things, I outsource to other companies because I don't want to have additional employees in the areas where I am not an expert and it's easier rather than to manage those people again and again and again. We try to focus on the core business. This is why people work with us. I give you an example. One of our customers yeah. is Amazon. We do sourcing for Amazon. Okay. Not for... Oh, for, for actual, for, for Amazon actual themselves. Amazon, not for all of their products, God yeah. forbid. Uh, but uh, yeah. yes, we're actually doing sourcing for Amazon, for Amazon brands. So, you know, if those guys kind of trust us, I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm not going to speak ill about their sourcing possibilities and experiences, but they hire us, for example, for a reason. I'm not saying that people should be outsourcing those things uh, completely and 100%. Everyone should do whatever is most convenient for them. But when it comes to things like sourcing, for example, uh, some of the people have tried to do different um, automated aggregator platforms that through which you can do sourcing. We have a few of those platforms, more yeah. than a few of those platforms in Europe. They charge about um, twenty-five dollars to $50,000 per year. Just, uh, just, just yeah. to be a member. Yeah. That then, when you place orders, imagine, right? And uh, we had a test. Yeah, we've used one. Yeah. Oh, how did that go? Did that go good? We actually, we actually ended up finding a great factory, a great backup factory for fabric in in India. That's awesome. A uh, lot of work, but um, 
Yeah. For us, we did a test. Uh, we did a test. So we did a trial test us against this automated platform. So humans versus okay. the machine. Humans won in our case. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be this is going to be the ultimate battle over the next few years, right? Is, is what do what are humans better at than machines are, right? And I think uh, I think that the the beautiful part of what you guys do is is dealing with these factories is just relationships, right? It is pure relationship and getting in there and then actually figuring out what different things mean in different cultures as well, right? Like that's that's one thing that we don't know, right? We know ourselves. We maybe know a little bit about, you know, after after dealing with people in China for the last uh, 10 years or so, maybe we kind of get it, but, but not comparatively to the expertise that you guys have. No, and this is one of the biggest things about sourcing that people... Um, this is why I suggest all people to go and do sourcing on their own first. Doesn't matter which country, but test it out. You need to speak the language. Try to go to Mexico and not speak Spanish. Try to go to Poland and not speak Polish or to France and not speak French. We literally had a factory. We had a customer. Yeah. They make about 28, 30 million euros in revenue per year. And we were searching for a factory for yeah. them. We found one in France. They were great. You know, we first thought in the beginning. And then at some point, the guy said, I am tired of speaking english to you goodbye i'm like oh my god are you insane wow. um we got wow. but this is a salesperson for you right so we contacted the father the owner the, the the founder of the company i don't know what he did to the sales guy account manager but we ended up working with them that's perfectly fine you need to understand okay. the mindset, traditions, uh, holidays. You need to understand how people behave. Like in China, I remember back in the day, and still people who are new to China, they come to me, why did they just call me dear? Uh, I, I don't understand. Like, hello, dear. <laughs> Always, hello, dear. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's perfectly fine. I have better stories than this. I have a... Uh, we have a friend in China and, uh, you know, like 10, 12 years ago, back in Beijing, we come to visit them to see their (laughs) newborn baby. And he's like, oh, Yulia, you got fat. I'm like, okay, thank you. And uh, and about a month or or two ago on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, on the professional page, right? This guy, um, he posts on my LinkedIn, oh, Yulia, you lost weight. I'm like, you know, it's culture, but that's the funny thing is culturally, that's totally absolutely. fine in some cultures, yeah. right? Like, yeah, this is the, this is the weird thing. Yeah. So my suggestion to those people, whether they're building their relationship in China or outside, you need to understand that there is a person on the other side who is talking to you. The same person who might have a good day, a bad day, who has a family, who needs to feed the children, etc., etc., etc. You need to behave human towards them. Because I see a lot of people, especially, you know, people who make like seven, eight figures and they, uh, the younger ones as well, you know, in mid-20s and they're like, I'm making all this money and they're becoming really not nice. And they communicate from this throne, yeah. from the high up, and then they don't get what they want. And then they cry, why didn't they roll out the red carpet for me? I'm like, seriously? The, the, the demand is like yeah. this high, yeah. like extremely high. The supply yeah, is there's a mi- And there's a million of them. <laughs> and, right? 
they think they're special and it's like yeah there's a million of you so treat, <laughs> actually yeah. hundreds of millions exactly of you. so treat people <laughs> with respect on the other side and i'm not saying become best friends or anything like this but if you're going to show genuine interest and try to be genuine with them usually you know it's kind of a this um, a law of attraction thing which i used to say oh this is a bunch of crap about three or four years ago but then i started believing in it again my life yeah. changed completely um so be nice to the people you're talking to and try to figure out a little bit of information about them we do this as well um a good thing i think uh, one thing i want to share is the undercover hack this is what we use sometimes, um, is when you're communicating with the factory, you introduce yourself, maybe you are the owner of the company, but don't introduce yourself as an owner. Introduce yourself as a mid-level employee, like one, one of the minions, right? As a, right? One of, gotcha. one of the groups, uh, one of, or from the group. Yeah. And um, at some point, you will be in the negotiation stage and maybe you will still need to move this person maybe 10 cents or 20 cents or something like this, maybe more, I don't know. And this is where it comes in, you know? My boss is really being not very nice. Please, can you please help me? It's just, I'm so afraid I'm going to lose my job if I'm not going to get the price tax. Please help me. So, you know, a little bit of a tear, a little bit. I know it's a little bit mean, but it works, right? So this is the undercover hack. We're all just trying to figure out how to how to get what we want. So I, yeah, I get it. So you need to understand that on the other side, most likely the person you're communicating with, right. Or your team member communicating with is not the big boss is not the Laoban, right. It's not the big cojones. It's a normal employee, account manager, sales manager. They also have a boss. And as much as bosses can be great, because I'm a great one, we can be horrible because I know I can be horrible. So the employees will always a little bit complain and they might get you a better deal just because you connected on a human level. You know, so those kind of things and that. tricks that uh, yeah. of the trade that you learn uh, and how to contact factories. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Uh, what do you think is the best way to contact a manufacturer who is located in the U.S.? in order for them to respond as soon as possible. Personally, a text message. No. That to me, but SMS is just the best way for, for me as an owner. I love when people text me. I'm like, awesome. Good. I can choose to respond. I hate phone calls. If it's phone call, count me out. If you're trying to get in touch with the manufacturer in US, the fastest way in accordance to what we have experienced over the last few years is if you're going to contact them through yeah. the contact form on the website, not directly an email, not the phone call or a message, but literally the contact form. For oh, reason, their contact yes, form? Yes, for some reason, this works really well for US. If you're trying to do the same thing in Germany or in Europe somewhere and send it through a contact form, say goodbye. You will never receive a response. To those guys, you need to call and send emails because they prefer emails. No one freaking monitors the contact form. But in U.S., it's the other way around. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. Anecdotally, we take our contact forms at our brands and at our agency very seriously, right? They actually go to like multiple people when a contact form comes in. Um, so that's, uh, uh, this is, if, if, if I got anything from this and I got a lot from this, it's that, <laughs> that is like an actual phenomenal B2B way to reach out to people. Yulia, we're, we're cruising here. We're, we're beyond where I thought we were going to be. I got to ask you the question that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Uh, hard work, no sleep. 
<laughs> That's not. It's true, though. It's true. It, 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 everyone hates to hear it, but look from 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 our perspective, it's literally the way that we are in terms of people. Um, uh, it's been and the way we communicate with our potential customers and even with the manufacturers. It's being genuine. It's being kind. So this is the you know the mindset. If you have a positive mindset, you look at things in 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 a very different way. Um, if we're talking specifically some business hacks and tricks and stuff like this, honestly, um, marketing in terms of partnership works extremely well for us, right? So if uh, people yeah. who are listening to us, they're selling some products, branded products and things like this, uh, uh, cross promotions, they do wonders. Uh, because not only me and my husband, we have Zignify, but we also build up two brands we launched the first brand in 2014 on Amazon oh, awesome. and second one we launched about one and a half years ago, right? And uh, we, you can find our goods in retail as well as online. So cross-promotion works very, very well with other companies. And um, uh, have you ever heard of a book called The Go-Giver? Yes, yes. That is a That should be a required reading for people in business because it is so phenomenal the transformation from from you know when he comes in literally just trying to extract value all the time out of things to to realizing like it's actually what we give yeah right like so this is exactly the principle that we're literally using in business we're giving so much to our business partners um without or to our customers right so our kind of our slogan is customer value overload so we give them so much People just end up giving in return. As, as as ridiculous as this might sound, but it works. And I can be, you know, how it works? I don't. I mean, look, we went from one person to fifty people uh, in, in in about two years. No no funding additional or anything yeah. like this, and we're still scaling. And 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 you know. So a year ago, no one in the totally. industry in the yeah. US knew us. Yeah. Now everyone knows us. We're at all of the events. We're being invited as speakers uh, all over the world. So yeah. That works. I love it, Yulia. This is this is a great conversation. I was going to step in and say also it's it's true for us at the uh, at our marketing agency as well, where you know we just continue to give and give and give. And uh, recently, I've actually been helping out uh, some brands uh, uh, on the sales side at the agency, and it's incredible to see that sort of you know us giving for you know almost five hundred episodes now, um, and and the trust that's there, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we absolutely know that. And, um, for any agencies out there, just give way more than you take guys. And especially with your partners and it will always come back to you. Yulia, this was such a nice conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if I could go longer, I would, uh, but unfortunately my day is call after call today. So, um, where can people find out more about you and more about what you guys do at Zignify? Uh, Zignify.net. Uh, that's pretty much where we're at. If I'm going to try to spell it, it will take a long time because it's not, which one is it? Z or, we'll put it in the Z notes, or Z, uh, Z, which one is Canadian? Which one is, uh, the way that Americans pronounce? I keep forgetting because Z is Canadian and Z is for, for our there US friends. Yeah. So yeah, Zignify.net, Yulia Blinova <laughs> on LinkedIn, we are on YouTube and you know, all of those places, you can just type in my name and tons of things are going to pop up. Uh, there are a few events that are being awesome. held in US right now in Los Angeles, Miami, and New York in the next few days. So we're going to be there. So yeah, as well. Beautiful. 
Well, thank you so much, Yulia. Really appreciate your time. Again, guys, remember, check those show notes out. We have everything that you could ever want in those show notes, including uh, specific deals um, for software uh, that we get good deals on. All of that kind of stuff is down there. Uh, and all of Yulia's information will be there on this episode as well. Yulia, thank you again so much. No, thank you. And have a great day with all of your calls. My day is over. It's 7.30 in the PM. So, haha. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Are you an e-commerce founder or marketing leader struggling to get new offers or creative and copy to test fast enough in your ad accounts? Do you feel like your ad campaigns are falling flat and not generating the results that you actually need this year? The pain of not being able to effectively test and optimize your ad campaigns can lead to tons of missed sales and a huge amount of lost revenue, but we've created a solution. Introducing the Viral Offer Bundle from Upgrowth Commerce. For just $99, you're going to receive 10 highly engaging image creatives, 30 scroll-stopping headlines, 30 captivating ad copy variations, and 30 ad descriptions. These powerful tools are going to help you quickly test and optimize your ad campaigns to get the best results possible. Do not miss out on another sale. Visit www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash offer to buy today and then start seeing that relief from your ad campaign pain. Again, that's upgrowthcommerce.com slash offer. Hey guys, just wanted to say thanks again so much for listening to the podcast. If I could ask one favor of you, it would be to share this with your other e-commerce store owner friends. Uh, we want uh, everyone in the e-com space uh, to be listening to this podcast and lots of you guys already are and we really, really appreciate that. One last thing before you go as well is we are offering to our podcast listeners a free e-commerce growth plan where we go from strategy to sale with your brand in this e-commerce growth plan. So feel free to go to www.upgrowthcommerce.com slash grow and apply for a free growth plan today. Thank you all again so much for listening.